This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I genuinely believed he was signed on the basis that he might do a bicycle kick after a game. WhatsApp that over to Peter Jones right now. <laughs> Chris, you're the best chairman in world football here. <laughs> if you have been in contact with him, you know, do approach him. He is approachable. You're a one-man ambassador for Glenn Johnson. Mm. Iniesta was a long time ago. Seven I, series this is now. I don't know how many people know that he, he was called the Lama. Um... <laughs> Hello and welcome to our first episode of the seventh series of That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch. I've got the boys with me again. It's good to be back. Chris Stark and Statman Dave. How are we, lads? Very good. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. I've spent quite a bit of time in Berlin. I actually beat my kebab record eating the most kebabs in a single day. Well, how many was that? That was three in a day, Crouch. Three kebabs? Three in a day. And wow. um, stats-wise, everything that you like, what do you do in the summer break? It's weird. Like I sort of imagine you just shut away in a room doing numbers on the on the balls. Like it, yeah, that's that's usually it. We we get the spreadsheets out and we just have we crack on really with it because there's no live football, so it's more about looking what was to predict the future. Is is Harlan going to smash all of your stats to pieces? Unfortunately, yes. It's confirmed that he will break will. everything, and ruin everything. How have you been since saw you last? I've been good, mate. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, summer holidays seems to go on for like six months now. These kids, <laughs> like, are just off for so long. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't remember being off that that much. It's an interesting one, isn't it? That the football players seem to go away exactly the same time as the teachers. We've never really looked at that well, as a correlation. Well, the teachers are never in, that's why. So, you know, you're going to come across a teacher at some stage because they're never in. <laughs> right, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I totally agree with that. Like why my not? Mom, well, because my mum's a teacher. Oh, I knew there was a reason. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. And I, I'm aware there's a lot of teachers who are probably listening to this right now and you've just written them off. What are stats on that? Well, I think this, I could, statistically, I live with a teacher, my cousin. And he has been having a jolly for the past three months. You live so, with your cousin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know too much about Statman Dave's personal life, do we? We haven't delved into uh, maybe this Statman Dave's personal life. Uh, yeah. It's all good, though. It's yeah, good. It's, all, it's all great. It's all great, you know? And it's your cousin yeah, it's into just, the stats as yeah, well? Yeah, or? a little less so. But, less you know, so. when I bring them out over dinner, it's, it's all right. Yeah, and, and you got, you're single at the moment? Yeah, single. We'll, we'll find well, we'll out more on. We'll, we'll all move on. That's, that's I, something to ponder. I saw a few questions there rather than answers. I saw a lot this summer. Um, various mutual friends that we got. Um, you've been playing a lot of golf. Playing a lot of golf, mate. I've been trying to. You know, it's my one break. And I'm, I am joking, obviously. You know, teachers, I love. You know, they do a fantastic job. And I love my children. I really do. I love spending time with them. And I've spent a lot of time with them. But there is a bit of me that needs some time off. And my golf is my pursuit of choice at the moment and I've been playing a lot of it and I've been really enjoying it. I heard from a mutual friend that you were playing with um, one of the Dragons. Uh, uh, yeah, Peter Jones. Peter Jones. Yeah, very, very good. Any other names? I did pitch him something. Did you? On the on the golf course. The idea was um, a... Do you know the rangefinders on the golf course? So, you know, where you, you, get, you get them out and then you pin it, you press the button and you can see 
exactly how far to the pin. So you've got like 120 yards in, 121 yards in. It has a slope rating so you can see what kind of shot you have to hit, what distance. Incredible tool. Um, I, I basically use that. And then also I've noticed a lot of people vaping on the golf course. Um, so a lot of people that vape and play golf and use these utensils. So I thought you could use it and you know they're big contraptions and then vape it. Okay. At the very but same time. It'd have time. to be a double ender then, wouldn't so it? Yeah, but that's what I mean. So you literally, so it's like a binocular, but it has a, a bit at the bottom. So it's like a. <laughs> you pitched this. Oh, oh well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. Like you're killing idea. two birds with one stone. You, you, you've either got a vape or you've got a rangefinder, but if we combine them. Okay. Well, let's see if there's a demand for it, firstly, because you're throwing it out there on this podcast. There's loads of people listening. So we can see if there is a demand. And then at least you can evidence that's Peter Jones. Well, I know there's a demand because I've seen everyone has a rangefinder, and quite I've noticed a lot of people vaping. It's become see, you know, business gets done on the golf course. This is why this is why I need to get into golf. Um, but you also you play with so many. There's a network of you guys that you play with so many influential people. You miss you know, out that, on a lot of things if you don't play golf. I noticed that when I was a footballer, I, I didn't play golf, and. Um, I missed out on a lot of stuff. And everyone would come in laughing and joking on the off, after the day off on a Thursday. I'm like, what happened? And just missed out because you didn't play golf. That's a real shame. That's why I took it up, really. Did you get a game in with John Terry? I did play with John Terry. Yeah, he's a good golfer. This is what I mean. I'm, I'm having to ask you names to find out that you played golf with them. You played Who else? He, he, he was, Shearer? Good. Shearer was on the golf course for a few with, months. I did play with that, yeah. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. It's got to be the way the podcast works. Is I think it's got to be more. You tell us who you've played golf with. Well, you've just said me. three names. And I I've know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> we could do this with anyone. Benzema. No, not not this time. <laughs> no, not this summer. <laughs> not this summer. I am. Um, I left Radio One as well. You did That's, Chris? Um, yeah. How's that gone? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I start at Capital, which is really exciting. So doing the breakfast show there with Roman Kemp. Thoughts? I'll, I will have you on in the school run. <laughs> For your kids. No, no, I, because I like you. <laughs> the one thing that I think is really hanging over is the fact that in the last episode of the series, I obviously said that I wanted to come back here, match fit, like treat it as a pre-season, get really buff, mm. ready to start this next series. And um, it just hasn't happened. It's not, yeah, for, for whatever reason. I suppose there was lots of leaving do's, I imagine, at Radio 1, lots of parties, a bit of emotion, you know, maybe even take stock. And a lot of that involves having oh, a mate. few beers. I, I don't know because it's like I'm a one club man, aren't I? Yeah, I've been at Radio are. One for a long time. It's like having a new strike partner. Yeah, well, from I guess it is a bit. Yeah, do you feel that that's going to change anything, or uh, you know, just adapt to Roman's game? What my worry is, like with you, is very much in behind, like Scott Mills. You, like, you were a floater, provided him. I'm, I'm Pirlo. Uh, you I'm know, Pirlo of the radio. Do you know world. what I mean? Like just in behind, just in that number ten role. I like, make space for other people. But that's what's you're like a Burkamp. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, like, because. Sometimes, you know, when Shearer and Ferdinand played up front for Newcastle, you can't, that dynamic is like, it's two number nines. I feel like you need, that. Like, you are so good at that kind of pivot role. Thank you. And that's is that what it's going to be? Or now, or now have you got like, because you've gone to, you know, a big station, will I... you go in as like, and ask for the number nine? No, 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 absolutely not. No, I don't, and I don't think I should. I don't think I should challenge for that. What I'm saying for you is that you aren't going to go in there like Shearer did to Ferdinand and say, oh, that's my shirt. They won't give it me either, I don't no. think. But I don't think, I think um, <laughs> I've learned, I'm an experienced player now. Yeah. Right? I've learned my game. You, you know your role. But this episode, I think it's going to be fascinating because we've set you a challenge. I know it's been giving you sleepless nights. It has. 
this is a squad that's harmonious, that can win football matches, that it, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Characters, people that you would like to go for a beer with after the game. If you win, you celebrate to, as one. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of camaraderie in this group. It's going to be interesting because you can come at this from a stats point of view, Dave. Yeah. But Crouchy's coming at this more qualitative, like your personality. Yeah. It's, it's a great team. I'm spreadsheets, Crouchy, your personality, your attitude, which I think is perfect for a, you know, a lineup. All right, but before we get into that, we have a massive announcement, um, which hopefully will uh, uh, sort of allow us a bit of an excuse for being a week late with this, because we are a week late. You put out that withering voice note uh, <laughs> as a podcast last week. Some of your finest acting, yeah. I think it's fair to say. But we have been busy. We've been getting up to stuff. No, because I'll be honest with you, I have been in a lot of talks about this. And this is something that was really special to us last time. And, um, and this... Uh, the reason that we've been a, a week late is because Crouchfest is coming back. Crouchfest 2 is on. It, we are go. It is so exciting. We've obviously done the first Crouchfest, which was everything and more than we expected. But Crouchfest 2 it is happening. It's confirmed. And as we always say on this podcast, we're back stronger. Do you want to explain why? Yeah, I've had a lot of people like say to me, um, you know, when's Crouchfest back? You know, it was announced in the House of Commons, you know, during lockdown, they were saying we will we will have Crouchfest back. You know, it was they were talking about it there. Lots of people have been talking about it. It is back. Uh, we are going to do our second Crouchfest on the 19th of November. Um, and this is a day before the World Cup starts. I don't know how we've done this, but uh, Crouchfest is going to be held at Wembley Arena. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> It's mad. absolutely sensational. It's one of those things where it shouldn't happen, you know. And like, it, it is going to happen regardless. And hopefully, you come. But if you don't, it'd still be hilarious anyway. Yeah. So, but but if you fancy it, come down because last time was one of the best nights. Of our I life. just really like to imagine that, as you say that, there'll be people smiling because so many people enjoyed. Crouchfest One as, as a podcast, it, there was a lot of people that were lucky enough to be there, but there were so many people who couldn't get to be there. And Wembley Arena, taking a podcast to Wembley, it's, uh, it's not really been done like this before and how we want to do it. And it's so, so fucking exciting. Uh, Dave, obviously, it's your, it. be your first Crouch Fest. There's some of the highlights were Catherine Jenkins performing the Champions League anthem, I thought. Uh, Yumi at six, Tom Grennan, Liam Gallagher was our special guest. Um, the, the pin game. I remember when everyone, everyone was trying to guess my pin on stage for, for a load of beers. Uh, I was going to buy everyone a drink. Was I mean, like, there, was, there was so much that went on. Um, you know, referees, fancy dress. It felt like a night of the darts, Dave. It really did. I think it's, you know, it's been a big dream of mine. I grew up on the streets of Rio de Janeiro. I had pictures of Crouchfest on the wall. Uh, I've had the shirt for, for a long time now, so I'm just, you know, excited to see what it's like. We always had plans that we wanted to do another Crouchfest. Maybe I, I didn't really dream that it could be Wembley Arena at this point. Um, <laughs> but we always wanted to do it. And then, obviously, COVID happened. That, that sort of dream got taken away. And, um, and we've been having these discussions now for so long. Crouch, the first Crouch Fest that we did was how many years ago now? Like three, four years ago? It's going to be a special return. Think of it like the, the second Godfather movie. It's just going to be epic. Do you feel like we've, over, <laughs> we've overreached with Wembley Yeah, <laughs> being honest. A touch. <laughs> what do you think? The thing is, you say about all the things that happened, but anyone there, and I think anyone that enjoyed that Crouch Fest podcast can tell you, was although there was these amazing things that happened, it was also 
at times a bit of a shambles. It was a little bit shambolic, but it was everyone was on board with it. And like I, I always remember George like, in my ear as well. I think when I was just going like, right, I'm gonna gonna give some of my pin to, to like get it right, and he was like, no, you can't do that. It was like carnage, but behind the scenes, but um, it all seemed to, to work out okay. There'll just be more people this time. It's it's gonna be great, and as you say, like we like to imagine we can do the sort of same as that first crouch fest. So groups of people, mates. Make an event of it, fancy dress, you know, really go for it. If you're into this uh, and we'd love you to come along, Dave, you're in charge of admin and stats. Uh, <laughs> how the hell do they get their tickets? He, he, he collects all the ticket money and all that. Well, or, organises people's I'm tickets. just hoping someone can sort it out. I, I know I can't. Head over to gigsandtours.com or Ticketmaster and the tickets will be available on the 9th of September at 10am. Tell everybody you know who listens to the pod, get the world around that Crouchfest is coming to Wembley on the 19th of November. That is exciting. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd be able to go back to Wembley. So for me, it's, it, it's special. Last time you were there... I scored against France for England and got binned off. So I yeah. had good memories, actually, really. We lost, but I scored. But will we see maybe the robot at Wembley? Well, that's highly likely, isn't it? <laughs> It's kind of going to definitely happen, isn't it? But what a moment that will be. Yeah, it will be special. I mean, like, Wembley, Wembley was never graced with the robot. Things as well, when you think of Wembley Arena, the amount of iconic performances there's been, the idea that this little podcast can go and do Wembley Arena is is insane. You know, these are professional outfits, bands, you know, the world's biggest comedians, everything. They go in there and they go do their thing. We've got to somehow scramble this together. And like everything with this podcast, it seems sensible that we ask the army of people that listen to this to try and help us out. And I think it's everything. I think we need us to all just go for this the same way we did the first Crouch Fest. I'm talking we need people who are good at designing posters, people who can help promote it. Um, I'm up for doing what we did before and get like a head of toilets in yeah. the venue. Like yeah. It's just going to, everything's going to be bigger because it's Wembley Arena. Um, I think the key thing as well is obviously we we we're taking a bit of a, a gamble getting Wembley Arena. So, like, we need you guys to spread the word of it and and um, help us advertise it a bit. Because uh, let's face it, us three here aren't, aren't the best at all of this sort of stuff. And if you have any ideas that you think should be incorporated into Crouchfest 2, then definitely let us know. Just send us an email. Let's start building this thing throughout this series. This is going to be the end of this series. Yeah, it's like we always end with a, some sort of crescendo. And I thought Crouchfest was the best that we've done. I think going to the Palace of Prince William was phenomenal as well in a very different way. But 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 the crescendo of Crouchfest, um, it needed to happen. Um, and, you know, COVID got in the way previously and, and now we, we've got the chance to do it again. So let's see how we get on. So all our minds are on Crouchfest 2. And we've been thinking up, behind the scenes and what the lineup could be for that as well because obviously that's going to be important isn't it things will happen in this series that go right that has to go on crouch first yeah and people, haven't people will suggest stuff people will be thinking stuff right now or throughout the day and then get in touch peter.crouch at acast.com if you've got any ideas and it got us thinking wider than that about crouchy's ultimate football lineup as well and it made sense that we could maybe do a podcast episode on this i think this will be fascinating i'm amazed we haven't done this already so over the last week, we got you to think about every single player that you've played with. And then the aim of this is that you come up with the ultimate squad of players. Yeah, so the re- I'll be honest with you, what I've gone for here is a mixture of talent, character, 
entertainment for me personally. <laughs> the right blend of, uh, of of attitude that I would like in in my squad um, if I'm going to be a part of it. So you're you're player manager. I think I'll have to be player manager. Yeah. Um, trying to control these players might be something You're in control of this. Mm. This is your team that you may feel that you can go on a night out, you can win the Premier League, you can win the FA Cup. Mm. This is the team. Yeah. And we gave you a scenario. So the scenario is, imagine an away game. So there's a bit of a travel thing a as travel, well. So as yeah. well so as the, the team, bus, you've got a flight. Th- it's, it's the whole day experience. Can we, can we stay over after the game? Uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you're the best chairman in world football here. <laughs> Um, so I, I guess we start with the goalie, right? Yeah. So I've gone for I've gone for David James in goal. He's a friend of the pod, um, big character. Uh, but importantly, I've gone for three substitute keepers as well in my squad. Wow, that's that's different, yeah. isn't it? Graham Stack, uh, Jimmy Walker, and Stephen Bywater. You know, we spoke about how subkeepers are, are big in the dressing room. Is that you want three of those guys? Yeah. So I feel like the the the, the importance of the role of a substitute keeper is undervalued. I think um, they know they're not going to play, and if they're not the best of characters, it's like having them around. It's like you, you need them to be want to train every day. You, you need them to be happy to warm up the number one goalkeeper and they have to be good characters and um, the ones I've picked are some of the best second choice keepers I think so around on, are you claiming then that the let's let's even skip over second choice are you saying because you've got three substitute keepers <laughs> your third and and fourth substitute goalkeeper it's more important the character side of it than the actual talent but well, the character side of, of, of Graham Statue Walker and Stephen Bywater is is they they are going to knit the rest of the team together because they are such big characters Graham Stack is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life um, Jimmy Walker the same I mean I, we, we signed him he's just been a long time at Walsall um, had <clears throat> so he played most of his games went to uh, West Ham you know he's a bit bit iconic there um, I think the most iconic thing he did at West Ham was was a bicycle kick after the game had finished that someone <laughs> had captured on the phone and then put it on YouTube and it's out there please go out there and Google Jimmy Walker bicycle kick for West Ham <laughs> it's not actually in a game but it rattles the crossbar and it's, uh, it's a fantastic moment <laughs> But what do you mean? I've not seen this. What, uh, what do you mean? It's not in the game. So what? He's just well. I think he's. I think he's just like you know when all the players sort of go out after a game. And, and and I'll be honest with you, I've been that player where you're a substitute and you're just like oh you're absolutely fuming, um, and you you walk out and you've got to do the running and stuff like that. Someone like Jimmy Walker's done a bicycle kick. It livens everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> Those players don't mind running anymore. You know, like Jimmy's doing a bicycle kick. Like awesome. <laughs> That's but how did, did he shout he was doing this before? I, don't, like, I wasn't he? at West Ham at the time. No, I've only course, seen the, He showed yeah, me the footage. Yeah. He said, do you want to see one of my finest well, moments? He, <laughs> showed he showed me the footage, yeah. I was, he came to Tottenham after that. And bearing in mind, we had three, I think we had Brad Friedel, we had Carlo Cudicini and uh, Aurelio Gomez. And Jimmy Walker was signed as well. So like, he, he was never going to play and he never did. But um, I, I genuinely believed he was signed on the basis that he might do a bicycle kick after a game and, you know, little things like that. Like, he, he did knit everyone together and everyone everyone in the dressing room loved him and not many, you know, Spurs sort of fans might even even know he was there, you know, like the ones who don't know about the club. They wouldn't, you'd never have seen him play, but he did knit the dressing room really, really well. <laughs> don't get me wrong, like, like, these are top goalkeepers in their own right as well. Like, of course, these aren't, these aren't sh- not shabby goalkeepers, like, great characters as well. That's what I like about them. But, like, also, if I had to throw them in, more than adequate goalkeepers. Right, Crouchy, on to right-backs. Who have you picked? 
Well, there's only one man for me, and you know, I speak very highly of Glenn Johnson. Um, I know, I like him. He's a good, you know, he's good to have around the place. He's actually a fantastic right back, you know, good for morale. You know that. My other pick at uh, right back is. Can I say this about Glenn Johnson? You talk about him so much in this podcast, and he's a lovely bloke, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're, you're a one man ambassador for Glenn Johnson. Mm. <laughs> like, it's always find a fag. He's not been involved in this podcast once. Didn't bother coming to Crouch Fest. Yeah. You know, doesn't he? I, I don't know if he thinks of you the same way. Yeah, well, it, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, How's he not been on? Seven I, series this is now. It's a valid point. If we were to clip up every time you said Glenn Johnson over the last seven <laughs> series, it would be like, I think we could get 40 minutes of you just going, Glenn Johnson, no, no, no. Glenn Johnson, no, no, no. Yeah, but he's my mate. It's like, yes, you said. Is he though? Scott Mills. Well, from but my... I think it's one way. I think it's one way. I yeah, think but I've, it's, it's, I reckon Scott Mills is one way. I what, that I'm loves... obsessed with him? Yeah. No, I think it's mutual. I, I don't, because I can evidence it. I can say, here's Scott at this. Here's Scott at this. Here's Scott at Crouch Fest. I'll bring Scott Mills out. I bet you Glenn Johnson doesn't come to Wembley. <laughs> yeah, but Scott's not going to come to Wembley. He will, uh, he will yeah, step out of Wembley. Him, if you say that, no, I've got his competition. He... he didn't come to the last one. No, he didn't, but I don't think we invited him. My point is but Scott... I didn't invite jo- uh, Glenn either. Right. I, I'm i willing to bet you right now, Glenn I... Johnson does not come to Wembley. <laughs> he will. Because he, he will. hates you. He doesn't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's move on from Glenn Johnson. Who's your, who's your second right back? I, I, I hope he doesn't hate me. Um, my second right back is Steve Finnan. <laughs> of course. Do you know why? Because I, I, I love this man. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, what a fantastic player. He's set me up so many times as well. And just, um, you know, you must have some stats on him because there is some amazing stats on Steve Finnan. There's a great fact. The only player to have played at all four levels of English football, the Conference League, the UEFA Cup, the Intertoto Cup, the Champions League and a World Cup. Impressive. Wow. I remember. I remember sitting with him uh, when I signed for Liverpool. We, like we were, we were, good, we were very close. And he was at Welling, I think, he non-league, and uh, Notts County, the one uh, Division Two, Division One, um, Championship with Fulham, won that as well. You know, and then won a Champions League at Liverpool. You know, it's not been done. And so humble, such a lovely fella. And we got we got on great. Like when I first signed for Liverpool, he was probably my, my good pal because he was sort of from from London, and um, he took me under his wing a little bit. He'd been there, you know, just won in Istanbul and. Solid right back for Liverpool, like very, very underrated. Um, and yeah, we I spent a, like a load of time with him, and you know he didn't he didn't drink, so after games, you know, he drive us around, and <laughs> so he was the designated driver. Yeah, That's why like, he's made this eleven. No, right? it wasn't he's just useful. that. I mean, you know, he was he was the designated driver, and it was handy because he would stay out with me. But was he fun? Yeah, like he was great to be around, and um, you know, always you know when you leave somewhere, he's like, you know, got the car. Like, Great, you know, yeah. and we we'd nip off, um, and and we just, we just spent a lot of time. And, and what I want to do now is like, obviously, as a player, I mean, I, I mean, the, one of the best goals I've ever scored, possibly the best goal I've ever scored, you know, was um, was from Steve Finn and just like knocked it round the fullback and 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 dinked it across with my overhead kick um, against Galatasaray, um, and I've got that on my wall, you know. And if that if that if Steve Finn and put that cross in or beat that man, that that wouldn't be on my wall, and that wouldn't have happened. It's almost, he should be celebrated more because of his journey, right? Like, Jamie Vardy gets all the plaudits because he's a striker, that he came through non-league and went all the way through. Finnan did that as well. But from a football perspective, Crouchy, did you prefer crosses from the left or crosses from the right? That's a good point, that. I would say crosses from the right. With a Steve Finnan. Was anyone else that jumps out that's a player that's delivered it from the right, right on your head? Well, there's another person on that list that I just mentioned, but, I, I, you know, I'm afraid to mention him now. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing about Steve Finnan is I feel like 
because he's so uh, humble and because he doesn't shoot his mouth off or doesn't do many press conferences or doesn't put himself out there, um, people forget about him, you know? And I feel like, like even now, like, I can't get hold of him myself. You know, I haven't spoke to him for years. He doesn't answer the call either. Yeah, maybe it's the thing with right backs that just, they they don't like me anymore. But but Steve is like, we were so close and now I don't, no, but everyone I speak to knows Steve Finnan doesn't know where he is. Like, I don't see him on any TV. This is my, this is something I want to put out there to the listeners. Um, Well, maybe there's two things we can do here which helps that, which is, one, given the recognition he, he deserves, because you both said, statistically and, and as a guy maybe a bit underrated why don't we ask everyone to put a picture of Steve Finnan in their window tonight uh, and just be a bit of a kind of tribute you know he was well, never missing, the, like he was a, never like the poster or something. but now <laughs> you're saying why don't we just write missing above it and what should the reward be if someone I'm willing to him? give a reward like, yeah. like um, what do you get for a cat generally 50 quid or something well it depends how much you love the cat yeah (laughs) I think 50 quid for a cat is quite good isn't it Mm. let's make it 100 pounds I'm going to get 100 pounds right for anyone who gives information into the finding of Steve Finnan but it needs to be proven you need an actual picture of you with Finnan like it can't just because otherwise people just take it off Google I'm worried I'm worried the only thing I'm worried about here is that um, perhaps Steve Finnan does want to go under the radar you know And, and knowing him as I did like that was what he was about you know We'll do it anyway. We'll, we'll, let's, see, let's see what happens. We need to find him for the recognition. What about if everyone on Twitter changes their profile picture to picture of Steve Finnan That's with nice. missing on? Look, that might get some information faster. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that as well. And but, I think we need. I think all we need now is just information on the whereabouts of Steve Finnan. Um, if you have been in contact with him, you know, do approach him. He is approachable. Um, <laughs> do approach him. <laughs> I wouldn't urge caution here at all. Please approach him. <laughs> Great. So wanted posters in your windows, please, Steve Finnan. And it's a kind of it's not just a wanted thing, it's it's like he's he deserves his what what they say, time in the sun. Let's uh, let's celebrate Steve Finnan, you know, like as a player. That's what I, exactly why I've included him in my team. Acast and Bifela. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakker. 
Uh, well, I've got a couple sense. of buffaloes in there. You know, I think Carrigan and Woodgate are the buffalo element to it, and Ledley King is more sort of like of the, of the gazelle. But I know you could do both sides of it. But um, Jonathan Woodgate, like unbelievable character as well. Um, just loved him as a fella, like incredibly funny. Um, I don't know how many people know that he, he was called the Llama. Um, <laughs> sorry, he believed he looked like a llama. I suppose he did. Is that why he grew his hair out? Yeah, a bit, a bit llama-like, yeah. So, um, and again, just a, I think you could see even when he went to Real Madrid, you know, like yeah, he had a bit of a hard, he had a hard start, but like learned the language, indulged himself in like, immersed himself in like Spanish culture. And like from a lad from Middlesbrough, like that is it's probably difficult to do. And like everyone loved him. You could see that the, everyone at Real Madrid loved him. And that was the same with Tottenham when I was there and Newcastle and, and Middlesbrough. Anyone who's played with him would say like they enjoyed his company and he was incredibly funny and he was a top player. I, I probably should say a public apology to Jonathan Woodgate because there is a picture um, around um, that many of you would have seen, listeners. Um, I think Dave, by, the, by his look, uh, has probably seen it. Um, Chris, I don't think you I've have. Not, I've not well, seen it. What it was, though, let me explain this photo. I don't know if, Dave, you, no, could, you could get it up. If you Google myself and Jonathan Woodgate, there is a picture that comes out. That's, I think that's the one, Dave, yeah. That is the pic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's classic you. I've seen you in this pose a number of times and Woodgate looks absolutely off his Exactly, tits. right. Exactly right. So this is my problem, is that obviously I've got my one button, I think, it's the, I've got one button done up and I'm fully going for it, obviously dancing, having a great time. Um, but Woody, I, I made him get up because he was being boring. And I said, come on, just get up and have a dance. We're having fun. And he got up for that one moment. And that one moment was the only moment that he, had a, he was dancing. And he looks worse than me. Far worse. He looks hammered. They've written an article on it. Yeah, there's loads of articles. There's a few articles out there. You know, I'm, it's not big and it's not clever, but we won at least. <laughs> true you've made Woodgate look like he's absolutely so the truth is the in truth that picture, of that photo is Woodgate looks worse than me right and I, I look bad and he looks horrific like and he went to me killed me there mate like you, you know I wasn't even drinking I looked like like that and, um, and I do owe him an apology for that he wasn't drinking it's I a, was. It's a great photo. Uh, but anyway, Harry pulled us on, on the Monday and he was like, this is, a, you know, like you boys, it's, it's an absolute, like, it's a joke. Abby Clancy's footballer boyfriend, <laughs> Peter Crouch, revives his robot dance as they party until 3.30am. I wasn't robot. I wasn't roboting. I wasn't, I didn't robot. They're always going to say that though for clicks, aren't they? Mm. I mean, that is not, that's not my finest hour. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I'm proud of that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a footballer at the time, but I thought I was... I didn't know anyone was taking photos of it, certainly not in the nightclub. Can you confirm a, a sort of thing I've got in the back of my head here? Didn't Woodgate have some sort of strange drink that he'd order? Yeah, this was the uh, red wine and Coca-Cola. That's it, drink. yeah. It's not often seen that, is it? It's often seen. It's a Spanish thing, I think, is it not? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Were they... Yeah, potentially. Bit, or or Barra. <laughs> <laughs> Roke. <laughs> Oh, God. It's the new one, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. Strap yourselves in. Strap <laughs> yourselves in. a whole series in. dedicated to this. Crouchy, before you went to Stoke, Jonathan Woodgate went up there about a month before, right? It was like He was like a mole, really, for uh, Tony Pulis. Cause, um, I don't think Tony wanted to call me personally, but Woody was a big part of me going to, to Stoke. You know when these calls happen, like let's say when Woodgate speaks to you, 
is the manager by his side, almost like a hostage? <laughs> right. A negotiator. Sell Stoke. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Because they want yeah. to Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, he's definitely put it into him to sell the club. Um, and, and he did. I mean, he, he, he did sell it well. Did you ever have to do that to another player? Did you have to be Jonathan Woodgate? Tony P's next year in his underwear. I've done it a couple of times at Stoke, yeah. I have done it a couple of times at Stoke. But Tony P was stood Tony P, is that what you call him now? Big Tony P, yeah, Tony, you got it. Tony, Tony, Tony P. Gangster. <laughs> but in this instance, it What does... would you call him? Well, Pulis. <laughs> it reminds me so much of... Um, did I tell you about the Anton de Beck story that I... Please enlighten me. Scott Mills was doing Strictly and, you know, the, the tour. And we'd gone out that night and they were doing an after party... Someone in the day has told me his real name isn't Anton de Beck. It's Tony Beak. Is it really? I've never, I've never got my head around that one, like the, the, the stage name. But there's not, there's not one part of me that would ever go into a job and go, right, I need to change my name for this. <laughs> you don't really need to as a footballer. It's not something we've seen in the game yet, Dave, have we? Have, have, well, the Brazilians, Dave. There's the Brazilians, like, they, they, they just put whatever they want on the back of the shirt, don't they? We've had yeah. this discussion before. Like, like Ronaldinho's little, little Ronald, right? But there was, there's a player recently that, in Brazil, that played for the, one of the Red Bull teams out there. I think he had a toothpaste brand on his back. And that was his name. So he's like the only player in world football that has a sponsorship on his back because he's known for his teeth. <laughs> Stop but it. he's a Brazilian player. He's a Brazilian that's player. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So if you're a Brazilian, you can put like Deco, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo. Hang on, Ronaldinho's real name's Ronald. Ronaldinho is well, it's small. Ronaldinho means small, so it's the small Ronaldo. My dad's name's Ron Ronald. So you should be. So you're saying on the back of his shirt, he could legitimately have Ronaldinho, and that be a thing. That'd be a thing, yeah. Little yeah, Ronald. but that, only if you're Brazilian. Like if I'm English and I wanted to go Crouch Ronaldinho, <laughs> like that, like everyone would go. Shut up, you wanker. <laughs> it's not something we've seen in the game yet, but it's not... I mean, is that why so many English players, like, they could they could get more value on their name if they perhaps had a slightly more exotic name? Exactly right. Well, that that's a game changer because we've got some absolute dullards, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling. Like, you know, Luke Shaw isn't going to be like, you know, like Roberto Carlos, you know, like, yeah. it's not... It's not. It's just not the same kind of... You know, Shoraldinho... There you go. Like, he's he's worth an extra 50 mil. Yeah, and that's what we do. Often we take footballers, when they're starting to do quite well, English footballers, and we give them a slight Brazilian twist, almost to compare them. But actually, there is a case, if you're a young player, to stand out, maybe give yourself... If you have a bang average name, if you're a, you know, a Michael Smith... Yeah, yeah, like literally, like for instance, if there's, a, if there's a Mike Smith coming through Arsenal, right, ever, if someone said, oh, there's a Smithaldinho coming through Arsenal, right, instantly, <laughs> instantly, and it just now what you what? say, instantly you go, baller, <laughs> he's got a chance. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's all sorts of ages who listen to this podcast, and maybe you're a young footballer, maybe what we should do is encourage you to embrace a footballing stage name to up your value and reputation. If you're Dave Jones at Wigan... Jonaldinho. <laughs> Ginaldo. <laughs> can, we, can we briefly talk about Carragher? Because I think I think he's a really interesting one for me because I, I sort of know of him more as the person I see on TV now. And then there's been a couple of stories that I know that we've discussed in a podcast with, Car- with Carragher. Um, one of which I'm aware we never named him as the person. So there's one, st- 
story. I, I'm not going to be allowed to give it away, annoyingly, but maybe one day, maybe at Crouch Fest too. Um, there is one story with Carragher which was told on this podcast, but if you've listened to all seven series and you really like it, there is one that we couldn't name the person, but it was Carragher. That's fair to say, isn't it? Because there's been a yeah, few of them. It's not bad, is it, really? It's not, it's not bad. But like, I, I personally think you should name him for yeah, it. No, it is, I, I it's my think... favourite story um... ever. <laughs> it's my favourite story you've told on the yeah. podcast ever yeah and you know that'll that'll come out in time i'm sure you know it won't it, it's not something to worry about um but i think you know it's not it's not for me to divulge is it i, I don't think no but i think if you won't then every time it comes to carriga i think you should have to give another story okay when i arrived at liverpool right carriga he just looked after me like you wouldn't believe and, and and i had a difficult spell not scoring and um he helped me with you know most of the people in that crowd he knows, you know, like, so I feel like, <laughs> honestly, like, I mean, his friends and family, you know, well, we're 30, 40 of them at, at games, you know, like, that's a loud voice in, uh, in the crowd. And they speak to their mates and the in local pubs and, like, the whole local area were like, I, I genuinely believe that, that him and, um, you know, he was a huge part of me sort of being recognised by the fans. Do you do you feel like you got an endorsement? Yeah, I think, he, I think he basically said, you know, like, lay off him, support him, um, because he's working so hard and he's trying, you know, and he's just not coming off for him at the moment, but it will. And I genuinely believe that sort of demeanour and that, and I, he, might, he might turn around here and say, that's complete bollocks, I didn't say any of that. <laughs> but I felt that he did. Um because everyone I spoke to, his mates and everyone of you know his dad and his brother, like and, and, and his friends and like they just were so accommodating with my family. Like my mum and my dad felt completely at home in Liverpool coming to the games because they were so looked after in the crowd by the Carragher's. Those away trips, my dad swears blind that they were the best times of his life because Carragher's old man and Carragher's yeah. mates and they all looked after him in Europe and like he went on the you know a few beers with him <laughs> with them and. And that's what Liverpool is, and um, it is like a, a, a city, but it's a village, and you know they all stick together no matter what. And my dad felt a part of that, and I felt a part of that. And even now, to this day, I, I still do feel a part of that, and that is special. And that's down to people like Jamie Carragher for, for helping me isn't become that. Amazing, that. don't you find that amazing, Dave? That like a, a player can get to such a position in a club that they can. That, like they, as you're saying it, like they know everyone. Like if you're new there, right, and you want a restaurant booking or something like that, you can go to you can go to Jamie, and he just makes it happen. He's like the Godfather, or something. <laughs> the Godfather. Of like, but that's what do we... you have to kiss his hand. <laughs> and listen, you can be the other side of of the coin as well. Like if obviously they're not taking to you, for instance, like um, not to name names, but like El Hadjou for or something like that. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, like if you fall out of out of their favour, you know, they will tell their friends who in turn tell their friends that are most of the cop. <laughs> <laughs> that they're not working hard, their attitude stinks, that they're, um, you know, they're, they're not pulling their weight or uh, they're not putting the club first. That in Liverpool is going to spread like wildfire and, and, and I think they're all knowledgeable fans and that will come out in the, the reception that you get at the club. Here's a question. How is pundit Cara different to teammate Cara? Like, if anyone was to become a pundit or a manager, it'd be him, you know, because he is obsessed. I've never known anyone more obsessed about football than him. Like, you know, I like time to switch off, um, whereas he just didn't. He would read autobiographies. He would read everything. He would, you know, he'd watch any game that was on telly. Um, and that's why he's so good at his job now. 
I find it fascinating with the pundits, especially this season, last season as well. I see you doing a lot of this as well on TV. They're on the pitch. It used to be like they're in one bit of the stadium, mm. then it's side of the pitch, and now you're on the pitch. And then what's fascinating is seeing how players respond to you boys as well. So obviously, we've got to talk about Ronaldo pieing Carragher on mm. that one. It was amazing to see, actually. And I think we're going to start to see more of this, right? Players warming up and just getting involved Hunters a bit getting more. pied. Yeah. And yeah. then I saw you with Ronaldo. I thought, shit, he's about to reach out to try to do the handshake. But Ronaldo was kind of kicking a ball around, was on the move. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Is like, obviously, it was the week after... Um, the Carragher in Carragher had got mm. had, had got pied, and I'm standing next to uh, Rio Ferdinand and Paul Scholes, and I'm an ex Liverpool player, same as Jamie Carragher was. So I thought, oh no, like this, you know, he's gone for the handshake with Rio, he's gone for the handshake with Scholes, and then I'm thought, what? I don't know where I don't want to get pied, but then I don't want to be rude. Um, so yeah, it was it was we did go for it in the end, and 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 I got one. I thought you weren't sure whether to go in. Well, I wasn't at first because I've I, I seen it. And it wasn't. It wasn't pretty, was it? But no, I tell you what wasn't pretty was uh, the little keepy ups oh, with skulls. Let myself down big time there, mate. I, I've been having stress dreams about it ever since. So you're on TV, four of you there, four pundits before a game. It's all quite relaxed, right? So there's you, skulls, Rio, and Lindsay. Right, you're you're all lined up. And you're just kicking a football around, little two-touch sort of thing. We were doing that, before, you know, off-air, but mainly it was Scalzi and Rio. So they had a warm-up. They were just playing off-air, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was doing my research, you know, like I was really, like, involved in the game. I'm so professional at, that, at, at what I'm doing. Yeah, but it only counts when the cameras are on. Yes, so what happened was they then said... So the ball moves like, on It was something line, in our right? ear that said, actually, you know, we're coming back. And they said, like, rather than put the ball down, carry it on and we'll go into the thing doing it and I was like alright great so my one of my first touches was was that particular touch that went wrong and then and then what was really bad is you all had to sort of apologise for it yeah, so it, it was, was like bit... someone swore an air or something like <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay had to go you know like apologies if yeah. you'd just seen that I know how much you rate Paul Scott well, I, I felt like he might have been thinking you know like thank god like he didn't play the 99 team you know <laughs> So then what's amazing is then like Lindsay goes, does the link and then obviously the camera's cut away. I'm just fascinated to know, was anything said at that point or was it just, is it just unspoken? It was just like, just leave him. Nope. Someone goes up the other and goes, just leave Peter. He's, he knows it wasn't good. As we were walking, um, I, I saw Rio and, and Paul go into sort of a conversation um, and I felt, I felt low. <laughs> Do you think they were discussing Maybe. It? I think they were laughing a little bit. It was disappointing. But you, you are a really good footballer. I'm a brilliant footballer, mate. I'm so good. It was just unlucky. It was a bad day at the office, Chris. We all have them. But I maintain I am a good football player. About stronger. And we'll all be watching for the next one, one, won't we, when the ball comes your way. So what do you catch? If you look down the camera here, and I think, you know, this isn't about Skulls and Rio and Lindsay anymore. I think just look down the camera there and just everyone who supports you and listens to you, like, maybe just look down the camera there and say what you need to say. Anyone who was at St. Mary's that day, their friends, family, uh, my wife, my children, uh, anyone connected to this podcast, um, I'd like to apologise for my recent display um, of two-touch in front of Paul Scholes and Lindsay and Rio. Uh, sincerely, uh, I won't let this affect me going on. Um, I've let myself down and I uh, promise to come back stronger next time. Wow, this is the second public apology of this episode alone. Well... 
if you do something wrong, Chris, I think you should be you should you should hold your hand up. Back apologetic. Well, yeah. <laughs> As a podcast. Like that's the hashtag, isn't it? <laughs> we seem to be back apologizing. Yeah. Left back crouchy, surely only one choice. It's Herman Horizon. It's Herman <laughs> Again, we were talking about this, about how you put the 11 together. And obviously, we've put a huge uh, sort of weighting on personality and good times and Mm. memories. It's not just a squad just of talented people. That's a given. Um, Mm. It's something more than that. Yeah, and also, like, we'd point out that Ashley is a great lad as well. And I I do love him. And he's a top, top, world-class player. Um, But just Herman just gets the edge here on this one. Only because um, he's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. (laughs) And I love, I love him um, as a person, um, and he's actually a really hard defender. Um, good, solid, like um, centre half, really, but could play at left back. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he moves in. I mean, there's, there's countless stories. I, I feel that like Herman needs to sort of come on the pod and explain them, really. Dave Herman Horizon, have you got anything that sort of backs up what Crouchy's saying? There's, there's a few things. The only Premier League defender to score for five different clubs. In Premier League history. Do you know what he, he, he wouldn't have? He was a bit like a Viking, you know, like he wouldn't have people going down. He wouldn't have people diving. Um, he would police that from inside the dressing room. Set a standard. He'd be um, embarrassed. He'd be embarrassed for them and he would embarrass them mm. for it. Um, mm. And I quite like that about him. Yeah. Aside from the five goals, he's called five clubs. Was there anything? Um, I asked about the, the aerial stuff because he had one yeah. of the best aerial dual win rates in Premier League history. 81%. Really? Really. So, dominant. Really yeah. dominant. It just aggressive, incredibly aggressive in every way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's a really important thing for a defender to have then, that almost dark side? I, I do think, like, with, with him, like, you could see it sort of in his eyes, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, as a forward, you'd go, like, Whoa. like you know he's going to, if the ball's there, he's going to head through you, you know, and, like... Well, you wouldn't second-guess a 50-50 with him, would you? You'd know, you know he... He's but you know it. he's willing to, to go through a brick wall, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, if you look into people's eyes and you can see that he would run for a brick wall, it, mm. you know, it's difficult to, to challenge that, <laughs> isn't it? You're, de- you're describing, like, these animal, these primal defend. These are guys that tap into an, uh, an animal instinct. Yeah, almost, you know, like, you're looking into defensive. their eyes. Like, Duncan Ferguson, I think, probably had that. You know, when you look mm. into his eyes and you think, like, he, he, would, he would kill me to potentially win a header, you know. Can we briefly talk about him, just, just whilst you mention him? I saw you at the Merseyside derby, and you were sort of cowering behind him. And it was amazing to see. And uh, so you're in Goodison and obviously, it's, as you put it on the day, it was behind enemy lines almost. Mm. And Big Dunk was in front of you and the reception he was getting, it was mad because you are you are tall and you're a big in stature and personality. But even watching that, you seemed, if it's all right to say, like quite small compared to him. Yeah, that was, that was exactly it. So like, when we'll get the briefing before the game from BT, it was like, you know, we're going to go on the pitch and then we're going to walk to, towards the, the Gladys Street end. Um, and, and like, that, you know, well, you know, like, you not stay here by the, by the Liverpool fans. <laughs> and obviously we walked down there and, and, you know, and it was, I'll be honest with you, it was Duncan Ferguson to me, like, I was not great in the air as a young player. And um my dad made me watch Duncan Ferguson videos of how you attack a ball. I was like, what? Like, that is how you attack a header. So to me, like, he's a bit of a hero anyway. And obviously I played for Liverpool. He was an Everton legend. But then meeting him, such a good person, like, like top man. Um, but then watching him walk towards that end, 
and the reception he got was just like phenomenal. Like that's what football's about. Like they absolutely adore him. Um, and 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 what a man as well. And the reception he got walking around him was actually like it was amazing to see. Um, and I was glad to sort of be there. And I know, listen, I've got a foot in the other camp completely. Um, but like it was, it was great to be a part of that. See that, yeah. And that's the thing. So strange for you because an amazing experience. To, I mean, it looked amazing on TV, but an amazing experience for you to be part of. But you're like, you're a Liverpool player. No, no, it's no. Like, so bizarre well, watching you walking around with him. Well, let's with sing everyone it. just cheering and everything. Exactly <laughs> right. And actually, the fella in my ear said I could just like walk behind him a little bit. It looked like I was diving for protection. Yeah. But um, I'm literally like walking, obviously, we're just letting him get his, you know, ovation. What was someone and then, in your ear saying duck back a bit? They said like, hold back a bit so then he can get like this ovation because I think they wanted to get the atmosphere and not how much of a legend he was on, on TV. Um, but then as we walked through, I started speaking and then obviously it went from a Duncan Ferguson song to Red and White Shite. <laughs> Simon's fucking talking. Quickly changes, doesn't it? <laughs> Quickly changes. But I love that. And that's what derbies are about. And I think, you know, as long, you know, there's nothing stupid happens. It's like, that's what you want. Like, for me as a footballer, playing in Turkey and uh, Fenerbahce and Besiktas and, you know, Merseyside derbies, North London derbies, South Coast derbies, you know, places where there's needle. That's what it's about. Like, that buzz of everyone hating you. And, you know, that it, it is such a good feeling that you can't, replicate now that you've retired like it's tribal and that's what football's about for me I think it's just you know and, and it doesn't matter what people say oh you know at rugby you know you can all sit together and it's a nicer experience I don't want that I don't want that in my sport unfortunately I think it's a lovely day out and if I'm going to take my kids I'll take them to see a nice rugby game lovely but I want as a person me I want to see passion and like I want to see tackles and I want to see like people that it's red and blue or it's you know whatever color and the other color it's like that is what football's about i think and it should never ever change fucking hell i feel kind of inspired by <laughs> <laughs> it makes you proud to like football doesn't yeah it? yeah you went a little bit delia there all <laughs> that was lovely thanks Crouchy. thank you for that <laughs> is that more pancakes next week well, i don't start? know i'm sort of coming out of here like right i'm ready let's go play ready like <laughs> Oh, I, the problem is, I've, I've noticed we haven't really got far, further than the defenders in your Crouchy 11. Well, do you know, do you know why, Chris? Because it's quite, it's, it's good fun. Yeah. It's nice to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I wonder if what we maybe need to do is, is split this up a little bit so that everyone can hear everything that's happened around the defenders. <laughs> maybe we uh, sort of attack midfielders and maybe attackers as part of like a part two in the next episode. I like that. I, I'm, oh, I'm really enjoying myself, so... Um, yeah, I'd like to, like to do that maybe another episode. All right, well, let's do that then. So we'll make this um, a sort of a two-parter, potentially a trilogy. We'll see how we get on. <laughs> maybe a two-part. Um, so yeah, we'll get on to midfielders, attackers next episode. We do have some podcast admin we do need to get through as always though uh, including one of our listener adverts i know you love this big fan of listener adverts yeah so obviously there's adverts on this pod and we've always said like we would love you guys to have an opportunity to come on and advertise something that maybe you want to get rid of there's loads of people listening to this could be any old shite could be something that you know feel free to take advantage of the pod audience right here and come on and advertise something <laughs> something you'd like. We've had all sorts in the past on this. We certainly have. We've had filing cabinets, massive printers, bad drawings made by children, and we also sold the flat, and that's where loadofpricks.net was, was born. 
Well, we're all intrigued. Another series, um, Dave. I know you're you love this as well. It's uh, we're all very excited to hear <laughs> one of you is going to come on right now and try sell to everyone. Here we go. Hi, Crouchy. Hi, lads. Uh, I'm Anthony from footballswithtits.com. Uh, I sell mugs featuring footballers, managers, and legends, but with big old tits. Uh, we've got hundreds of different uh, players and legends. Uh, Maradona with double Ds. Pep Guardiola feeling himself up, Neville Brothers sharing a topless lollipop, you name it, we've got it. Uh, we'll even draw you or a mate with tits for the perfect personalised gift. Uh, so go to footballswithtits.com or at footballswith on Twitter for the best football gifts on the internet. Yeah, fabulous, thank you. Um, on, yeah. the, on this, we, we've had dealings with footballers with tits in the past. Yeah, we, I, I do love our listeners. Um, I, how, how, I always come up with this, I'll never know, but I've got a mug at home with my tits we, on it. They're clearly still going, so there must be a demand of sorts. It looks like the website has definitely improved. However, I would say I would love to see it on Dragon's Den, you know? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Crouchy, can you know, obviously pitch into Dragon's? Where do you reckon the guys go? When, t- here's something then. We've talked about in this episode... WhatsApp that over to Peter Jones right now. <laughs> Good to see business is still going. And, you know, I just wish everyone in these hard financial times, you know, the utmost... So niche. It's so niche. It's bizarre. Well, lots to think about there, boys. Um, great episode, I think. Safe mm. to say, back stronger, back apologetic. There's a lot to get through, Dave. We need to find Steve Finnan. That is the big campaign that we've got to go through now. My, Twitter accounts change to find Steve Finnan, and hopefully the, we'll find the him. posters on Dream. My worry is that. My, this is my worry, Chris, that, uh, you know, is that Steve Finnan wants to be left alone. He'd be walking his dog in a peaceful manner and see his face plastered <laughs> on, a, on a tree yeah. saying, missing. £100 reward as well. It's quite yeah, a lot. I do, I'm worried that I've put that up and I know what our listeners are like, uh, that they will, they will find him. That's <laughs> <laughs> when people start putting their numbers or something on the missing poster. If you've seen him, let me know. And then I think as well, Glenn Johnson, I think, you know, to prove he really is your friend, him, I've got visions now of him stepping out at Crouch Fest. How amazing is it that we've got that announced and out there now? But imagine Glenn Johnson walking out to kind of prove that he is a mate of yours. And I don't feel that I have to prove that, but like to you and to the listeners, if if they do doubt me, then you know I will I will bring him out. What a wonderful moment that will be, Dave, as Glenn Johnson steps out and sort of they embrace on stage, and it's just a wonderfully happy moment. We can finally confirm it, friends, maybe best friends. You upset me a little bit with that one, but you know he is my pal. I promise you. Is like it? in the Esther, you doubted me for, for months on that. <laughs> months. And I and I had the picture. You did have the picture. Uh, and right. he did, he did, <laughs> he did ask me for that picture. Do you know, if, you, if you're new to this podcast and like, go back and listen, like a lot has happened, but one of the first, first things, you're right. In the Esther was a long time ago. In the Esther was a long time ago. And in advance, because I know you guys always step up with this. Thank you for all your help in spreading the word about Crouch Fest. I think obviously we'll put up some videos announcing the details and all of that. But if you can help us out, do your own. We haven't got long to let happen. So please spread the word. Do us a favour. Let's make this the greatest party of all time. Details. Statman Dave. Head over to gigsandtours.com or Ticketmaster and the tickets will be available on the 9th of September at 10am. Tell everybody you know who listens to the pod, get the world around that Crouchfest is coming to Wembley on the 19th of November. If this is all just sounding like a lot of information, we're going to whack a link in the description of this episode as well so you can just click on that. All your ideas are welcome. You know, give us a shout because you could appear on Crouchfest if you uh, come up with a good enough idea. Yeah. 
Where are we sending the ideas, Crouchy? Well, actually, Dave, you thought I'd have nothing up my sleeve, but I have. The quickest way to get your questions in is by heading to thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. Correct, there's a website now, and you'll be able to submit anything you want to ask on there, as well as any videos, photos you want to share with us. And we'll be back stronger very soon, the next episode of the pod. Chumbawamba. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakle. 